Well, this morning I am uh, privileged to introduce our speaker. Uh, we're in the Hearing God series. This is week three out of five, and uh, I'll be I'll be teaching the last two weeks. But I was excited to um, I was excited to have Sarah Reimer jump in to speak this week. And she uh, let me just tell you how I met Sarah Reimer. So about seven years ago, give or take, I was uh, invited to go to our sister church in Weyburn and to uh, lead a, a set free retreat at their church. And when I got there, I uh, met Sarah. Sarah was the, is the daughter of the, uh, her mom and dad lead the church in Weyburn. And so, but I hadn't met her before, and she was li- living in Manitoba with her husband Leighton and their kids at the time. And she had come to be lead the prayer ministry that was on that whole weekend while I did the teaching. And so it was really good. I got to know her a little bit and, and sort of do some ministry together with her. And it was like, oh, that was really neat. I met, you know, I met somebody that, uh, you know, that is very much into the, some of the things that Hillcrest was getting into at the same time. So it seemed like there's a bit of a parallel track between their experience in Manitoba and our experience here at Hillcrest. And then it was just a few years later that I heard that they were moving to Cairnport. And I thought, well, that's really cool. They're coming to Cairnport. And then they decided to come to Hillcrest, and that was really awesome too. And uh, so there's probably been a few different times where we've talked about Hearing God Seminar, and I know that uh, Sarah has uh, helped teach this in her church out in Manitoba, and then and she's taught it with different ages as well. I think you've taught it as young as like grade four and stuff like that. So um, again, kids can hear from God too, can't they? So um so she's taught it at different levels and then even done a little bit of teaching maybe even out in some of the Cairnport uh, areas there with some of this as well. So I've asked her to, to share this one. Uh, this, ser- this one's on the different ways we hear. We can hear from God. And I'm really excited. Somebody told me on the, after I, I preached the very first one of the Hearing God series, because I've done this series before, they said, well, I was, I was so grateful it wasn't just exactly the same as the first time. <laughs> so I, I, I thought, well, I, I'm not sure if I should take that as a high compliment or, you know, anyhow. But, uh, yeah, we're shaking things up a little bit, and, uh, and there's some new things, and we've learned some things along the way, uh, even as a church, and in, in just being attentive to the voice of God. And that's really what this is about. It's all about just giving your attention to God. He wants to speak to us more than even we want to hear. So we want our attention factor to go up higher so we can hear what he, how he wants to guide us, he, how he wants to direct us, how he wants to encourage us, and how he wants to lead in the church. So would you welcome Sarah Reimer? All right. I'm going to pray, with, pray for you real quick. Sarah told me, she admitted to me, she said, ah, preaching's not really my thing. I said, well, that's good. <laughs> then you'll feel the need for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. <laughs> yes. Lord, thank you that the same, uh, you're the same one who uh, has empowered believers throughout the centuries. We look back and we see time and time again that you uh, took people who we would have not guessed could do certain things and then they did. I think of Peter on the day of Pentecost, who was uh, so fearful again, and, and so proud and yet so fearful and all sorts of dynamics in him that maybe some people would say would have disqualified him 
from speaking uh, on that day. And yet on that day, full of the Holy Spirit, he spoke and you did an incredible, you began an incredible work uh, that has never ended. The church keeps multiplying and growing uh, based on you speaking to ordinary people like us. So, Lord, we just pray for Sarah right now. Would you empower her? Would you give her clarity? And, Lord, may our hearts be responsive to uh, your speaking through her. We ask that in your name. Amen. All right. Good morning. Um, Yeah, my name is Sarah. I um, am married to Layton, and we've been serving at Briarcrest now for since the summer of 2017. So, I don't want to correct Steve Bengus, correct him a little bit. Um, I, um, I, I did the set free retreat with Steve. And then uh, on the, the, my husband actually will share a bit more of our testimony of how we ended up in Karenport. But um, so yeah, Sunday left Steve uh, in Weyburn and Monday morning or Monday, that Monday we got the call that they would like us to come to Karenport. So that was, um, the timing was uh, it was not years, it was months um, between meeting Steve and then ending up here at Hillcrest. So we've been attending here uh, since the summer of uh, 2017. And um, yeah, like I said, in the next few weeks, you'll hear my husband's testimony of how we ended up in Karenport and uh, just some of the amazing things um, that God is doing at Briarcrest. And it's just, it's pretty cool. Um, we have three children. Um, Karis, uh, it's Jaden, uh, Karis, and Noah. Um, that's my Instagram picture of them. That's the quiet, peaceful, look at how happy they are. Uh, <laughs> it's a lot harder to get fighting on the floor and, you know, clawing each other's eyes out. So this is my, my Instagram picture of them. Um, since arriving at Briarcrest, we knew going into Briarcrest that Leighton had a role, and it was very clear what his role would be. And my role has not been as clear. Uh, since coming onto campus, and so it's been um, a long time of kind of searching out where I fit. And in the meantime, I've been really blessed uh, to be chaplain. I had two years of chaplaincy with the soccer team, the women's soccer team, and now I'm in my third season with the women's basketball team, and uh, two of my players are here today, and it's just really cool. Um, It is a great joy to walk alongside Um, these women and see how God moves and how he grows each of them. I've also started a new role uh, just in January now as a women's residence director for one of the dorms. And that's like being a chaplain on steroids. Um, And so I just, it's a honeymoon phase and I love it so far. So, um, but it's been pretty pretty chill. <laughs> Wait till we get into like disciplinary stuff and that kind of thing that it might, I might have a different, a different um, opinion in a few years. So yeah, as Steve said, I'm super nervous. Um, my giftings are way more geared to discipleship. So if you guys want to go for a walk and talk about this, that's way more my, my speed. Um, but this is, we're just going to blanket you, blanket you today um, in a way that is, is not my natural. Um, it's just, so yes, it's really as much as um, preaching on the Sunday morning is an honor. It is a super big stretch for me. Um, but saying that hearing God is something that I'm pretty passionate about, and so it's easy. It's hopefully easy to talk about. 
And um, yeah, like Steve said, the last time I told this, talk to, taught this material was to grade four to eights. And uh, they, it was really neat to see the way that God spoke to them at their level and met, met them where they were at. And it's no different for any of you. Um, so there's two things I'd like you to take away from today. Number one, hearing the voice of the Lord is accessible and for everyone. So grade four to grade eight um, to 80 and above, it's, it's for everyone. And number two, to hear the voice of God, you need to hear the voice of God more. You have to want to listen and be willing to obey. So let's get into it. Um, Job 33, 14 in the Common English Version says, God speaks in different ways, and we don't always recognize his voice. In the NIV, it says, for God speaks now one way, now another, though no one perceives it. At the beginning of Hebrews, it says, in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets and many times and in various ways. Hebrews 1.1. Daniel uh, Daniel in chapter 2 says, there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. So last week, Pastor Steve taught about the primary way to hearing God, uh, hearing his voice, is through reading and listening to the Bible. And that one of the Holy Spirit's roles in our lives is to bring back to memory what we've read and heard in Scripture. If you missed that message, you can go to the website um, and hear it as a podcast or on the Hillcrest YouTube page. So, God regularly and reliably speaks to us through his word. But this week, Pastor Steve has asked me to talk to you about some of the other ways that God speaks. So... Some less common ways. Um, audible voice. You know the story in in First Samuel 3 where Samuel's lying on his bed. He's in the temple with Eli and he hears, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel thinks it's Eli and goes running to Eli. And uh, no, that's, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. And that happens three times, and then finally Eli catches on and says, ah, that's actually God talking to you, so you need to say that you're listening. And so Samuel is responsive, responsive to that. And then in the New Testament, the Paul and Saul um, encounter on the road to Damascus in Acts 10. Angels is another way um, that God speaks, and there are many examples of this in the Old Testament. Uh, Abraham, when he is in Genesis 18 and 19 with the whole Sodom and Gomorrah story. Uh, Joshua 5, 13 to 15, Joshua meets the commander of the Lord's army. It'd be pretty frightening. Judges 6, Gideon is met by an angel to encourage him in battle. In Judges 13, Samson's parents are told that they will have a son. They'll have a baby on the way. Isaiah had an angel touch his mouth with a coal to commission him. And in Daniel 9, Daniel visited by the angel Gabriel. In the New Testament, angels provide specific directions to Philip, to the Ethiopian in Acts 8. And in Acts 10, he had given direction to Cornelius to go find Peter. Now, the one thing I just want to mention is that, well, I guess we can also talk about uh, Joseph and Mary also being um, visited by angels too, right? Um, you, oftentimes, we think of angels as these cute little cherubs, um, precious moments type figurines. But if you actually think about biblical angels, there's a reason why people were afraid 
fell on their face and were told not to be afraid. Um, they are awe-inspiring and invoke a sense of wonder um, that I think we have we dampened a little a little bit. Other amazing ways, but even less common, are the burning bush with Moses, uh, Gideon's fleece, uh, Daniel's encounter with writing on the wall, and Balaam's donkey. I, I, Balaam's donkey. This story gets me. I'm just gonna go to it for a sec. So uh, Israel, the kind of the nation of Israel is coming and has defeated some of its uh, people to go into the promised land. And uh, it's headed for Moab. And the king of Moab, Balak, is freaking out. And he says, you know what? I got to find somebody to stop these people. So he calls on Balaam. Balaam is um, a man known for... Uh, divination. So he talks to different spirits and gets the spirits to align with what's going on. And so they send a contingency to go to Balaam and say, um, we need you. We need you to stop these people. And Balaam says, okay, I'll ask God uh, or gods <laughs> in brackets um, to stop these people. And God says, no, I'm not doing that. That's not, that's, I'm not doing that. And so they go back and forth. And finally, God says, you know what? You can go with them. Um, you can go with them to, to Balak. And um, so on his way uh, to go, um, I'll, I'll read it to you. Balaam got up in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went to Mo the Moabite fields. Officials, sorry. But God was very angry when he went, and the angel of the Lord stood in the road op to oppose him. Balaam was riding on his donkey, and his two servants were with him. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand, it turned off the road into a field. Balaam went back, went to beat it to get it back on the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path through vineyards with walls on both sides. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it pressed close to the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against it. So he beat the donkey again. Then the angel of the Lord moved ahead and stood in the narrow place where there was no room to turn, either to the right or to the left. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it laid down under Balaam, and he was so angry he beat it again. Then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth, and the donkey said to Balaam, What have I done to make you beat me these three times? And Balaam answered the donkey, You have made a fool of me. If, if only I had a sword in my hand, I would kill you right now. The donkey said to Balaam, I am, not your own, am I not your own donkey, which you have always ridden to this day? Have I been in the habit of doing this to you? No. He said, then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with his sword drawn. So Balaam bowed low and fell face down. So I pray that we are not so obtuse to the Lord's calling that we need an angel of the Lord and a donkey talking to us to understand what the Lord wants us to do. Um, but it just blows my mind that God goes to that kind of measures to get, our, to get people's attention sometimes. Oh boy, I lost my spot. 
All right. Some more common ways. Uh, dreams and visions. Dreams are what happen when you're sleeping, and visions are what happen when you're awake. That's really the only differentiation. Joseph had two, two dreams speaking to him as what, of what his future would be um, in Genesis. And then, obviously, the Magi were warned in a dream not to return to Jerusalem. In Genesis 15, God appears to Abraham in a vision, com- confirming his promise for a son. And in Acts 10, Peter received a vision that transformed his attitude toward the Gentiles um, and what made people unclean and really kind of changed the trajectory for what the church um, could be and opening the doors uh, of that. God said through Peter in Acts 2 that dreams, visions, and other prophetic experiences would become the norm for the church. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike. Acts 2, 17 and 18. What I love most about this verse is that God addresses age, gender, and class. His, this pouring out is for everybody. It goes across the board. When we talk about how God may give you a word, a thought, or a picture, or a scripture, these are all kind of code for the word vision. Um, often when I'm praying over people, I will, I'll get a picture. Um, and it actually helps me to pray um, more specifically for things that I'm, that I'm seeing in, in the picture. Now, a very common way God speaks to us today is through other people. And I'm sure you've, you've had this happen to you. Um, that's why the Holy Spirit's given so many teaching or speaking gifts to the church. Um, so the first one would be pe- preaching and teaching. Preachers are essential for people to hear God's word. Uh, in Romans 10, 14, and 15, it says, And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? This preaching and teaching can also come in the form of writing and books. Um, and this is maybe where songs come in. I'm uh, not really sure where to put songs, but I think they fit. Um, even this morning, <laughs> um, when we first got here, I was a little bit, I was a little bit broken. I was a lot broken. And um, I, uh, the song is so funny. The song Sovereign that we sang this morning, I, we haven't sung that in a really long time, I feel like. Um, but that was one of the songs that we sang quite a bit in the summer that we moved here. And I needed to be reminded of God's sovereignty. I needed to remember that he was in control and I was not. And that's okay. <laughs> And so, yeah, just that he's, oh, because I was in a valley. It was, um, yeah, in the lines of the song, it escapes me right now, but even in the valley, you were with us, and I needed to remember that. And so I think the Lord just, I, I don't know, for me, music and songs is a, is a huge uh, encouragement in a way that the Lord speaks. Um, I, my journal, I have lots of journals at home. And they are full um, of songs and scripture of ways that the Lord has encouraged me. And songs that are scripture. Uh, Steve told the story the, a couple weeks ago about how he gets his kids to play scripture as songs in the car. 
And, uh, and I just, that's, I love that, because I think often that is a really good reminder. Um, if you put something to music, it is easier to remember, usually, um, of what can be, what can be done. Um, oh, I've, uh, so um, I went to Bible school, and in Bible school, I was on a choir, in a choir, and um, I, it was a, like a 36-person choir. So if you got called up to, um, to do a solo, that was a pretty big thing. And so I was in my second year, my second semester, and we, we did a whole bunch of Brooklyn Tabernacle songs. And um, I, they called me up, and I was able to do a solo. And it was like, I think, two lines of the song. It was not very much, but I was like, woohoo. And uh, anyway, and so fast forward to our first anniversary, and we were in New York City. And uh, we decided on Sunday morning we're going to go to Brooklyn Tabernacle. And uh, we liked um, Jim Cimbala's preaching. We thought this would be really cool. And so we went to, we got, I remember coming out of the subway, and there was a homeless man on the street, and he's, are you looking for the church? Yes, we're looking for the church. And he points to it, and away we go, because it's kind of a non, it's a very discreet building. And then when you walk in, and it's like a tabernacle, like it's huge and gorgeous and whatever else. Anyway, so you do the worship part, and then a guy comes on stage. He said, you know, I just, we um, are, our Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir sings in the evening, so please come back for the evening performance. Um, but this time, we, nev- we never do this. We're gonna, they're going to sing one song for you. And, uh, and I'm, oh, this is great. Okay, one, one Brooklyn Tabernacle song. I'll get my one, one song. And uh, anyway, so... The I remember specifically there. So the tabernacle, the choir is like behind everybody, and uh, and this lady, this large African American lady in a green dress, gets up and walks down, and the music starts, and I wept. She's singing my song from my solo. <laughs> How many years ago? And I just couldn't believe it. Like I have never ever felt probably have, but I've never, I'm going to say, I've never felt that love by the Lord, that he, what are the chances that me, a girl from Saskatchewan, the one time I'm at Brooklyn Tabernacle, they would sing the one time, the one solo that I had in college, like that's just, anyway, so I believe that God speaks through song, (laughs) That, that is what that is all to say. Um, the next thing is prophesying and encouragement, and it's listed as one of the New Testament uh, gifts of the Spirit uh, in Romans twelve six and First Corinthians twelve ten, and then in Ephesians four eleven, it's it's uh, prophesying is a call to build up the body. Uh, words of knowledge. Uh, often they put words of knowledge and words of wisdom together. Um, the difference would be a word of knowledge is saying out something that you wouldn't actually naturally know. Um, I had an experience a number of years ago where we were at a conference and uh, a lady was was prophesying over me. Um, at that point, I was a nurse. Um, I worked I worked in a, an oncology unit in in Winnipeg, and. Um, and so she, as she was speaking, she talked about how um, she saw an anatomical heart changing, changing into a heart shape. And uh, as she was talking, she was giving more description as to what the heart shape would look like. And it almost came became like four, a 4D 
heart shape and it was shiny and and beautiful and so I at the time I was like oh that's that's a lovely story thank you for that because <laughs> it didn't really mean anything to me um, but that's one of the things with with when somebody speaks a word over you you hold it open-handed it's it's not meant for you to hold on to and run with it's meant for you to to say okay Lord this is yours do with it as you will and and discern if it's actually for you or not some of those things are are, are not for you anyway and so over the course of the next two years I went from being a nurse and caring for people physically to becoming a, a prayer and worship pastor at our church. And that you could just see, I could see the transformation happening. How I was starting to, I went from caring for people physically to caring for them spiritually and emotionally. And uh, so, yeah, at the time that the word didn't mean anything to me, but two years later, it meant a lot. And I could see the Lord working in my heart and working that, that out in my heart. Um, words of wisdom. Words of wisdom is a revelation of the Holy Spirit that applies scriptural wisdom to a specific situation that someone is facing. And it's in a, it's a, li- it's in a list in 1 Corinthians uh, 12, verse 8. Um, the other day, a student sent me a prayer request. And immediately, a scripture came to mind that was just truth I needed to speak into the situation. And that's, in my mind, that's a, a, word, of, a word of wisdom. Um, or if you're reading your devotions and a, and a verse jumps out at you to give you direction and, and wisdom in an area. Um, on Tuesday, on the Hillcrest uh, Instagram account, there were a few verses to pick from, uh, and then you were supposed to ask God to respond. Um, the one thing to keep in mind with words of wisdom is that it's an act of faith. You have to, you have to believe. In James, it talks about the Lord wanting us to seek out his wisdom and then not doubt. And he wants, to, he wants to be able to speak to us, and he wants to be able to direct us. And one of the ways we know that this is from the Holy Spirit um, is if we receive a word after asking for wisdom. So you say, Lord, I need wisdom with my kids. I have two teenagers right now. I need wisdom all the time. <laughs> um, and then I, you ask for wisdom, and then... You know, something pops into your mind. Um, oh. So the, the other day, um, we were we were having it out with our 16-year-old, and um, it was not going well. Um, and so we, yeah, we went to bed. We all went to bed mad. <laughs> that's not really how you like to leave things. You don't like to leave things with, with anger. And so um, we were laying in bed, and my husband says, or is this how we're leaving it? Because he can't sleep when things are left undone. <laughs> he likes things tidy when we go to bed. And uh, which is, is fair. I was just going to lay there and stew until I fell asleep. And uh, anyway, and so I quiet in my heart, and I'm like, I, I don't know, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do about this kid, I don't know how to, how to do this, and then uh, the idea came to mind, um, you know, his love language is touch, and so we, I said to my husband, okay, I think I have an idea, I think we go and we jump on his bed like he was when he was 10, 
and we tickle him and we just love on him until he busts, <laughs> until he breaks and we break some of the tension. And that's what we did. We went downstairs and we jumped on his bed and we tickled him and he was not happy. And, uh, you know, we, we loved on him the way that he receives love. Um, and that was counterintuitive to what I wanted to do to him. Uh, I wanted to... <laughs> I wanted to pull out his toes or something. I don't know. I just was so, uh, you know, being then being a parent at that point. And so anyway, we asked for wisdom. The Lord gave it. And it seemed weird, but it was right. And we didn't, we didn't doubt. We went, we went ahead with it. Um, yeah. John, James 1, 5 and 6 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. And when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. Another way people God speaks through people is the interpretation of tongues. But the most common way the Lord speaks is in a still, small voice. I'm going to go to First um, Kings. Um, 19, Elijah. I can relate to a little bit to Elijah sometimes. Um, this man desperately needed reassurance of his calling, and, uh, and he wanted to know the Lord saw him. And so he ran away. <laughs> Seems logical, doesn't it? And uh, he ran away to Sinai, Mount Sinai, where it all started um, with, with Moses. And uh, he's there, and the Lord says to him, uh, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he replied, uh, and, you know, says, this, this is what I've done. I've done all the right things. And uh, Elijah wanted um, God to get mad at the Israelites. And uh, he says in verse 10, he replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty, the Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. That's a very sad story, Elijah. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountain apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, and the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went down and stood at the mouth of the cave. The last five years, has, I feel like, has been riddled with me feeling unseen by the Lord. But often the Lord would send something, someone, um, or himself in a still small voice to say, you're in the right place, doing the right thing, it's hard, keep going. Um, and it's, it's an encouragement to our spirits. Job refers to God's voice as a whisper in um, Job 26, 14. It says, how faint a whisper we hear of him. And then one of his friends in Job 4, 12 says, my ears caught whisper of it. The inner voice, this inner um, sense or feeling or, or um, sometimes even an intuition 
um, takes the form of our thoughts that, that are our thoughts, though tangibly really not from us. Kind of confusing. <laughs> when I'm leading people in listening prayer, I'll often describe it as the first thought that comes to your mind. Um, often because you didn't have time to think about it. And so if, you, if it's the first thought that comes to mind, you've, you've humbled yourself, you've said, okay, Lord, I want to hear your voice. Um, that, that's when he can speak because you've, you've actually quieted your spirit. Um, anyway, so the first thought comes to mind. I often encourage people to write it down. And you write it down so you can, you can go back to it and see if it's, you can discern it. And you can spend time with it and see um, those first thoughts still need discernment. I like how Nehemiah says it in Nehemiah 7 verse 5. He describes it as God putting it into his heart. Um, was, I, I like that. I like the picture of that. Young or old, we make mistakes. And often it's hard to hear. Often it's hard not to hear. <laughs> often it's hard not to hear what we want to hear. It's important to submit our hearts prior to speaking, to seeking the Lord. We had a situation in our home a few weeks ago where one of our kids um, needed wisdom on a decision. And we, I got the sense that um, it was up to them to make the decision and that they were supposed to go to the Lord in prayer. And so um, the child said that they would pray and we asked a few times, have you prayed about this? Yes. And, uh, but no, never really heard anything. Got that a few times. Never, not, never really heard anything. And then uh, <laughs> finally my husband says, uh, if, if God asked you to do this, would you be willing to? And the child was honest enough to say, no. <laughs> and okay, you know, it wasn't like a life or death decision. It was a growing, a growing moment. And you know what? The Lord's not going to give you an answer if you're not willing to to go in that to go in that direction. Uh, I actually kind of liked the the honesty of that. I think sometimes we lie to ourselves and think, "Yeah, I totally do whatever the Lord asked." No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. So confirming, once you receive a word, confirming with someone else or going to scripture to affirm what you have heard is not the same as doubting. The Lord graciously provides these resources to us and it's okay to confirm what you sense the Lord is saying. The bigger the ask, the greater the need for affirmation. And it takes time to learn the voice of the Lord and distinguish between his thoughts and our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. And so sometimes it can kind of seem like it's out in left field. And so it's good to have those, those moments of affirmation. God's voice is usually firm and clear, but not demanding. His voice has a spirit of peacefulness and confidence, of joy and reasonableness. James 3.17 says, but the wisdom that comes from heaven, so the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. If the voice brings chaos, anxiety, or confusion, it is not of the Lord. His voice bears the stamp of his personality. I love that. 
It sounds like him. Don't you love that? It sounds like him. So he speaks uniquely to all of us, but it doesn't go against his character. I love the thought of that. The reason, there's lots of reasons that God chooses a still, small voice. He wants us to want to hear. For that to happen, we need to still ourselves. There's a humility that happens in our hearts when we quiet ourselves before the Lord. We need to draw near to him for him to draw near to us. He wants it to be our choice. When I yell at my kids, they have no choice but to listen. None. (laughs) He doesn't want us to use coercion or force to have us believe. As much as it probably breaks his heart, he gave us free will. And heaven will not be occupied with people who were coerced or practically forced to believe and follow him. It will be made up of people who freely respond to his call. When your heart is humble and soft and open to God and his leading, when you are ready to deal with the sin in your heart and take your relationship with Jesus seriously, you will hear his still small voice. He wants that for us. And oftentimes this can feel out of reach or overwhelming. Um, But we need to start small. Um, When I um, first heard about listening prayer and hearing God, um, it was probably close to 20 years ago. I was in a Bible study group, and we were given a book. And in the book, you're supposed to ask all these questions of the Lord. And one of the questions that I chose to ask the Lord was, what game would you play with me? And uh, I thought, I just thought, what a, what a weird question. <laughs> Not, you know, something you think, I'm going to ask the Lord, what will I see in heaven? Or, you know, when you're a kid, you say, what's the first question you're going to ask God when you get to heaven? Um, you know, I thought it would be something like profound or, or that kind of thing. And so I... Um, when I was little, my grandparents played Scrabble. My mom, my mom and I play, play a lot of Scrabble. There's Scrabble on my phone. Um, I have a brother who lives in Switzerland, and him and I play Scrabble online. So, I, like, I play a lot of Scrabble, and um, and I, um, I, I love Starbucks. I love Starbucks. And so, um, my husband was really nice and got me Starbucks today. Anyway, and so I, um, I asked the Lord, what game would you play with me? And immediately I heard uh, Scrabble at Starbucks. What? I didn't ask where we were going to play, and you picked my favorite place in my favorite game? Like, I thought kind of it would be like a, str- a strategy game. Maybe he'd pick, like, Risk, and I'd be forced to play hours of Risk. And, but it wasn't. It was Scrabble. It was my favorite game. A game that, like, is, is dear to my heart and a place that is dear to my heart. And he, just the idea that he delights in us. He delights in us. He doesn't want it to be complicated. He doesn't want it to be messy. He wants to just delight in us. And sometimes we make it really complicated, and we think, oh, this is going to be, you know, I won't ask him because he won't answer. Or, you know, I won't ask him because whatever, whatever the excuse may be. I just invite you to start simple. The Lord delights in us. We are his, we are his creation. 
He wants to have relationship with us. I knew it wasn't my own thought because I didn't even ask him where we were playing. I knew immediately it was him. So I, I just invite you to, to start simple. He wants to speak to the heart of you. He wants to have relationship with you. And I don't know about you, but having a relationship with somebody and not talking to them is really hard. <laughs> it's really hard. And whether he speaks to you through other people or the word or a still small voice, he wants to speak to you. He wants to talk to the heart of you. And he wants to give you direction. And he wants to not you to, and he wants you to not doubt when he does give it. Let me just pray with you. Father, I thank you so much that your word is chock full of ways and creative ways in which you get our attention. God, I pray that you would soften the heart of your people to receive from you. And more than that, to be led by you. To walk in obedience with your word. And not to doubt, even if it seems a little off the wall. I pray, God, that you would just, I thank you for this week of prayer that we've had. And all the ways we can um, be invited. It's heaven on earth, prayer. I thank you for all the ways we can be invited into that whether it be fasting or reaching out and driving around or meeting with people or discussing the Lord's Prayer or whether it means just sitting in our devotional time and hearing your still small voice. I thank you so much for the gift of that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.